Today, we're starting a new series on prayer. And like I said before, I want to begin this series that's going to go for the next seven weeks with an acknowledgement that prayer is not something that always comes easy to all of us. Now, I can never, ever remember a time in my life where, this is just me personally, where prayer wasn't a part of it. I remember being told that I was prayed for before I was born. I remember kneeling beside my bed and learning how to pray. I remember praying for countless boys to start liking me as I went through high school. Um, And then for the wisdom of how to dissuade some others and... I remember praying for jobs that I really, really wanted. I remember um, asking God that he would just hurry up and influence Neil to ask me to marry him and that he may choose the right ring for that moment. Um, Lots and lots of prayers. But there are also times in my life where I remember being an absolute, what I term, ice queen where I just froze out God and stopped all communication at a point in time, a point in time where I was really struggling, where I felt like God was potentially still good, but why wasn't he being good to me in that moment? And that feeling caused me to just kind of freeze him out for a moment. But I can't deny that I knew that people were still praying for me on my behalf. And then there's also been times where I've been speechless, not because I'm freezing him out, but because I'm in awe of the answer that came or the awesomeness of God as I saw him work into the way that I had been praying, the prayers that I was praying at the time and saw him work was just amazing. So what's prayer like for you? This week, as um, our Joshi is sick at the moment, so this week, and Lachlan was at home on this day, our, our eldest and our youngest, and I said, okay, give me some words. If I was to just ask someone your age and someone your age, what's kind of like the first five words that come to you when I say prayer? And Joshi goes, long. Oh. Um, of few words. And then he's like, I don't know, just something that you do. And then I thought of prayer in terms of some people that I remember praying. And I remember my grandfather praying. And it's a bit, he prays a bit like how how Neil describes the movie Australia. That's how my grandfather used to pray. There was three very distinct points that it could have ended perfectly well, but it kept on going and going and going and going. And sometimes our prayer life feels a little bit like that. Sometimes all we can grasp onto is just the name and we just reach out with the name of God. So all of us will have our own stories surrounding prayer. We'll have our own point of which we are at at this point in time. But today I want to move into looking at this new series with you going, okay, well, where am I at? with the God that created me like at the moment. And some of you may even say, well, I'm actually not even sure he is the God who created me. And I challenge you if you're in that space, ask him. Say, I just 100% believe you can go, you know what, God, I'm not 100% sure I even believe in you anymore. Can you open my eyes to see you at work? 
And I believe he does. And I believe you will see him. So wherever you are at in your prayer kind of journey, as we start our next journey over the next seven weeks, I want you to think about where am I at? Not because we want to heap shame on where you're at. Not because we want you to feel guilty and go, oh my goodness, I'll shrink down in my chair a little bit. I didn't say grace on my sausage. Um, But we want you to make an assessment of where you're at because nothing can change unless you acknowledge where it actually currently is. If we just look over something and it's just nothing that we focus on, then it's very hard to make changes and feel differences in that space. So wherever you are, we want to inspire and encourage you to have a connection with the God that created you. Now, I want to introduce you to the prayer that we are actually going to pray, but I need a little bit of help with this. So I'm going to go for, I'm looking for, it's going to require someone to read something with me. So we're going to do like a little skit. I need someone. Now, I'm going to disqualify a whole heap of you right now because I'm looking for a man's voice. And I'm looking, because I'm going for the movie sound of God. You know, the, the less jockey voice, more the movie sound of God, that kind of a, a, a voice. So is there anyone in here who is willing to read the God part and we're going to do something together? There's got to be someone. There's a lot of pointing going on right here. There's a lot of, yes. Okay, so you, would you like to stay in your seat or would you like to come up the front? Oh, I thought you were. Okay, so you are the red, okay? So you are being our God. Test. Oh, what a professional sounding God. Okay, and I'm going to be me, well, not me, someone, praying. All right, we ready? You ready, God? I think he's ever ready. Okay, ready? I'm praying. How Father who art in heaven. Yes. Uh, don't interrupt me. I'm actually praying. But you called me. Oh, that's very good, might I say. Very, very good. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, called you. Uh, I didn't call you. I'm praying to our God, the Father in heaven. And there you did it again. Did what? You called me. You said, our Father, who art in heaven. Well, here I am. What's on your mind? I didn't really mean anything by the whole our Father in heaven thing, but wow, I was just saying my prayers. It's just like something that you do every day. Like, you know, kind of check, check, fulfilling my religious duty. All right, go on. In thy name. Hold it right there. What do you mean by that? By what? Hallowed be thy name. Um, it means, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't have a clue. And why should I even know? How in the world should I know? I don't know. It's just part of the prayer. Why don't you tell me what it means? It means honoured, holy, wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Well, I've never thought about that before. Okay, thank you. Um, let's go with, where was I up to? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Uh, sure, why not? 
What are you doing about it? Uh, me? Uh, doing? Um, um, nothing, I guess. I just kind of thought, like, if you could just hurry up and sort everything out down here, like it appears you've got everything sorted up there, then we'd be really grateful if you could just do that. Yes, I know, but I can use you to help with that. Um, can you use me? Um, I already go to church. That isn't what I asked you. There also might be a few things you could work on to help yourself. Oh, yeah, nah, I can't think of anything. But what about the bad temper? You've really gotten a problem there, you know. And then there's the way you spend your money. Rude. Also on yourself. And what about the kind of books you read? Now, hold on a minute. I'm just doing my religious duty and it's like pick on me day. Like, um, I'm just as good as all the other people that go to church. Excuse me, I thought you were praying for my will to be done. If that's to happen, it will have to start with the ones who are praying for it. Like you, for example. Hmm. Okay. Fair facts. Makes sense. Uh. Okay. Yeah, okay. So could I. Oh, okay. I haven't thought about it very much until now, but, like, okay, maybe there's some things I can work on. I'd kind of like to know you more. I'd like to be free of some of the things I'm struggling with. Yeah, I could work on some things. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. We'll work together, you and me. I'm proud of you. That's nice, but I'm in a bit of a hurry. Can we just hurry things along a little bit? This is taking a lot longer than it usually takes me in the morning. Um, give us this day our daily bread. You probably could cut down on the bread. Lots of carbs, you know. Oh, wait a minute. What is this? Here I'm doing my religious duty and all of a sudden you break in and remind me of my hang-ups? Praying is a dangerous thing. You just might get what you ask for. Remember, you called me, and here I am. It's too late to stop now. Keep praying. Go on. Oh, I'm a bit scared too. Scared? Of what? I know what you're going to say. Try me. <sighs> Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. What about Joe? I knew it. I knew you were going to bring up Joe. He has told lies about me. He has spread untruths about me. Some people even believe him. I cannot deal with Joe. But your prayer, what about your prayer? I didn't mean it. Well, at least you're honest. But it's quite a load carrying around all that bitterness resentment, isn't it? Yes, it's a load. But my goodness, it's a load worth carrying. He is so annoying. He still owes me money and he didn't pay it back to me. Makes me just want to hurt him. You won't feel any better. You won't feel worse. Revenge isn't actually sweet. You are hurt and unhappy. Well, I can change that. How? How can you change that? Forgive Joe.
then I'll forgive you. And you'll, you have settled the problem as far as you are concerned. Okay. Right. Joe, I forgive you. There now. Wonderful. How do you feel? Yeah. at all. You're not through with your prayer. Go on. All right. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Good, good. I will do that. You just put yourself in a place where you can be tempted. Sorry, just don't put yourself in a place (sighs) where you can be tempted. What do you mean, don't put myself in a place that I I can be tempted? I think you know what I mean. Okay. I 100% know what you mean. Radio. Go ahead, finish your prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Do you know what you would, what would bring me glory? What would really make me happy? No. I guess I'd kind of like to. In fact, I'd love to. I'd love to please you. I kind of have made a mess of a few things. I would truly like to follow you. I can see how that would be really great. So, okay, tell me. Like, what would make you happy? How could I make you happy? You just did. Thank you, God. Give him a round of applause. This is the prayer that we're going to be focusing on for the next seven weeks. And we wanted to start with that because there are times in our lives where I think we just repeat stuff that we have heard and we haven't really internalized what is going on in that dialogue. Take the time to understand the context that surrounds this prayer, then I think we miss out on the great power that it has for us. And today we are only going to focus on a very, very small phrase is crucial in us understanding the platform in which we can come from to pray to our God. So before we start and we open up our Bibles, let's, um, let's pray together again. Father God, we thank you that you accept us and we come here from all walks of life. As we open up your word today, Lord, give us wisdom. Help us to see anew Help us to understand in a new way and in a personal way that you want to communicate with us, not just by something that we've learned off by heart and quickly deliver and rush out, but there's so much richness and meaning in the conversations that you want to have with us. In your name, amen. So uh, what, we, what is termed the Lord's Prayer is recorded two times in the Bible, one in Matthew chapter 6 and one in Luke 11. Now there's uh, parallel recordings of lots of things that happen across the Gospels, but if you look at the context where each of these prayers are recorded, you can see that they're two different accounts. In Luke, we see Jesus has just finished praying and one of his disciples come to him and says, hey, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray? And in Matthew chapter 6, where we're going to focus on today, 
this um, instruction on prayer is coming in the middle of a very long sermon that starts in Matthew chapter 5 and that you may know or your Bible app um, with me. Open up to Matthew chapter 5. We're not going to read anything in Matthew chapter 5, but we're just going to do a, a quick kind of flick through so we have an understanding of what went before this this teaching, and then um, how we can apply it. So Matthew chapter 5, you'll see, if we just look through the headings in your Bible, yours might start with an introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, and then there's the Beatitudes, a list of blessings that people can receive when they choose to follow Jesus Christ, despite whatever circumstances they are in, whether it's heartache or hard time or joy, that there will be, they will receive blessings from um, from God. And then we go through, hang on, I've got a few things in here. Then we see salt and light. There's some verses there that talk about how God's followers can become the light, the torch that shines away for other people to understand and know who Jesus is. And it challenges us, challenges us, them and us, to be salt and light, to be salt that preserves people that preserves God's message, salt that we can shake around and bring out the God flavor in the world around us. And then he talks about the fulfillment of law. He talks about murder. We move on to adultery, divorce, oaths, eye for an eye, and then love your enemies. And if you keep running down, then we come to chapter six and he moves on to giving to the needy. And then you get to chapter 6, verse 5, and he starts preaching about prayer. Now, I think the most important thing about this prayer is the kind of preamble that he gives it. He actually launches into, well, I want to talk about prayer, but actually let's talk about how not to pray first. Before we move in how to pray, let's talk about how not to pray. So if we go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, we can have a look at what he says. And I read from the NIV version and it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their full reward. Even though the disciples would lead a very public ministry life, what Jesus is, is saying and urging them here is to go, don't make your prayer just publicity. This is not the purpose of prayer. He talks about here, and there's a, a kind of veiled, loose reference to the, the Pharisees and scribes when um, it's not traditional that they would pray on the street corners, but um, lots of writings, including ancient writings by a man called Josephus, says there was times where they would, you know, kind of make sure in their daily travel that when they were to observe the hour of preaching, like three times a day of praying, sorry, they would just, you know, oh, whoopsie, look, it's my time to pray and I'm on the busiest street corner watch me pray. And that's what Jesus is calling his people here, to not be like this. In fact, in the original writing, the word used for hypocrite is better translated as actor. 
Don't be an actor. Don't put on a show. Prayer is not about that. Number one, when you want to learn how to pray, remember, it's not about building up your religious persona. It's not about how long-winded or how amazing or how many flowery words, or if you wrote my prayer down, it would 100% be in scripted writing. That's not what he's asking for. He's asking for the authentic prayers of people that want to cry out to a God. Because we know who Jesus is and we become his followers, he does not give us permission to be religious show-offs. It's not what he's looking for. And it's not what's effective in shining the light and being the salt to the world around them. In fact, in a lot of cases, it had the opposite effect. People don't want to join something that's not authentic or genuine. And then at the end of that, he says, Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What does that mean? It means when you are praying in that way, when you are going, let me put on a show, let me act it, the reward you are looking for is man's recognition, and you got it. When they walk past, they see you, you got the recognition, but you know what? That's all you're getting. You don't get the true reward of coming closer to your heavenly father and being in active communication with him. They've received their reward in full. If you're just looking for a human to acknowledge you, well, they walk past you on the street and see you, then you've got it. That's a reward, but it's an empty reward. How not to pray. Don't be an actor. Don't be hypocritical. Don't do it for show. It's a personal connection with you and your God, a personal communication with you and your God. And then we move on to verse 6, and it says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, I used to think that when I was little and I heard this, I'm like, wow, does everyone have a secret room in their house that they go into and pray and shut the door? And I think you've heard in in one of my sermons before, that was my greatest fear in my whole entire life is having my door shut and being separate from my family. I'm like, oh, I want this kind of prayer. But Jesus here is not saying that he condemns public praying. He's saying, don't give me publicity prayers. Don't be using prayers as publicity to show off your religious piety. That is not what I'm after. In fact, it's something between you and God. So keep it between you and him. Is he saying that praying publicly here is something that, ah, we shouldn't be doing? No, but he's saying the posture that you come to, it's just a humble conversation between you and your God. It's not something that is on for show. Prayer is not a declaration of how holy you are. It's a conversation with the man that you believe is holy. That's what prayer should be like. And then we move on to verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. 
there was pagan religions at the time, and in some Bibles you'll actually see the reference Gentiles there, who believed in other gods, and they believed in a form of, if I have repetitive prayers again and again, if I repeat the same words over and over and over and over, and um, almost to the point where they believe that they can kind of fatigue their God into doing what they say. If I say it enough, if I chant it enough, if I repeat it enough for long stretches of time, then I will get what I want. It is the way that the gods will hear me. And God's saying that, do you know what? When you pray to me, I know that the way we pray to God is not because we want to pray to him because he doesn't understand or know where we are at or not because if we pray enough, then we can actually change his mind. We are in a relationship and a communication with a God that wants to have that, that constant dialogue with us to share what's on our hearts, to share what's on our minds. He's talking about religious hypocrisy. And let's just be really honest and let's say, like, it's still alive and well. We still hear about, I know, I've heard many a time, I can't come to church because it's full of hypocrites. Absolutely, it's full of hypocrites. We all are at times and we belong here. And you know what? You can come to this place. You can come in worship going, I really am here because it's my culture of what I do. I don't talk to God. He doesn't make an impact. I don't like to be alone on a Saturday morning or the person that I like is there. So, so you can come without an understanding. But what he's saying here is, you can come to me however you want, but come to me genuinely. Come to me with a heart that is open to being genuine. Be authentic about the reasons why you come. My door is always open. And you know what? He even says, whatever baggage you come in with, I'll take it and work with that too. If you want an open conversation with me, then let's keep going. Prayer is inform not informing God of what he doesn't already know. It's kind of an adoring way to submit to a father that created you, that had a plan for you, and saying, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to walk into that. A father who cares for you, knows you, and loves you. A conversation with a creator a father and a friend. So that's how not to pray. And then we move on. If you look down to verse 9, then he says, all right, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. And that's as far as we're going to go today. We're going to sit in that phrase for a little bit. Our Father in heaven. I think sometimes we hear this phrase and it's just like, yeah, our Father in heaven, our, or, or we pray in Jesus' name and that kind of thing. And when we don't actually stop and wrestle with what does that phrase actually mean to us, then we miss the power of it. The first phrase of the Lord's Prayer is crucial to us understanding from what basis we come to him. We pray to him like a father, and that can become so just familiar that we miss it. Now, I recently, Niels was away for a week, and I picked him up from the airport, 
And I think the week before, I went to Golden Circle. Put your hand up if you've been to the Golden Circle outlet and you just buy random things because they're cheap and you think, oh, yeah, we'll give that a go. It's like a bit hit and miss. There's a few of us here. Yeah. At this day, um, my boys love chewing gum. And so this day, I went, there was like that five chewing gum, whatever it is, that brand. And it was like, it had 10 packs in it. And I think home, along with the frozen yogurt ice cream, can I just vouch for them, people? They're really good. Um, and so I bought these home, so I've been dishing out. The boys were home from college, and I went, yeah, they can have chewing gum. Now, there's a, a, a phenomenon in our house called Neil, and he has the ability to smell chewing gum, um, like, you know, maybe from the lolly aisle. But this day, Neil had been away for a week. The, the chewing gum chewing had been happening and had been happening in my car. No chewing gum ever goes into the four-wheel drive. Just so you know, don't hop in our car, Neil's car, chewing gum. But I picked him up in my car. And so here I was, done my hair, I'm picking up. He's been away for a week. I'll make a good impression. And sit down in the car, ready to talk, because I'm like, oh my goodness, like I have so many words that didn't get out this week because you weren't actually here. And then he just goes, and winds all of the windows down. And then he's like fiddling with the air con and turning it from the recycling to like fresh. And I'm like, well, okay, we're, we're going to have a nice conversation. And he's like, oh, oh, can you not smell that? Oh, this car stinks of chewing gum. Now, I can be really honest. I was sitting there going, are you like literally having a lend of me right now because you've got this tiny sniff and you want to emphasize you don't like chewing gum in cars? He's like, how can you not smell that? It stings. It's hard to breathe in here. It stinks like chewing gum. And I sat there and I can 100% tell you, I couldn't smell it. I could not smell it at all. All. There was not even a hint of it. I could smell my perfume, but I could not smell it at all. And I think that is sometimes what happens with these phrases that we find in the Bible. We hear them so often that we can just say them and chant them off and are kind of, you know, um, we're just not open to the power that they have anymore because we've become so useful so used to them. Our senses have been dulled. And I want your senses to come alive at the understanding of what this phrase means, our Father in heaven. If you quickly flip over to Galatians, in Galatians, Paul expands this concept a little bit further. In Galatians 4, and we're going to start at verse 4 and go to verse 7. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you and I are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, you have also been made his heir. When you say, our Father in heaven, you have been adopted into a family and become an heir to eternity. Now, I have a bit of experience with adoption um, in this I'd like to say, I did this myself, nice padded album back in the day. Um, there was a time, actually, I can give you the date. Um, 
the 3rd of the 12th, 1986, I adopted this beautiful little baby. Here's the official adoption certificate. Um, I'm not quite sure how great I, as, as an adoptive parent, because on the official adoption certificate here, it says that it is hereby certified that Sarah Lynn Webb um, has adopted Melissa, and my mum signed it, and here's my little signature here. And then in like her baby record book, clearly this was done a few days later, because all of a sudden now she's Tiffany and not Melissa. So when, when she grows up and tries to get a passport, it's going to be really tricky. Um, so here we have um, her book. It's got her first, um, her favourite places to go is shopping with great-grandma and the beach. The grandma's name is Lynn Webb. The grandpa's name is Joe Webb. I did give you a granddaughter. Um, and so here we go on. This adoption. Now, I had plenty of other dolls because I loved dolls growing up, but there was something about this one because of this. There was something about it for me that made it even the more special because I was her adopted parent. There's something in that space of adoption. There's some familiarity that comes along with affectionately calling someone mum or dad. And that's what God wants for us. Starting the Lord's Prayer with this fact about God and our relationship to him is not a generic greeting. That's not what it's there for. It's the key to establishing your right to be heard. It's not random. You've got a direct connection to the God of the universe. And you can use this greeting to banish any thoughts of you thinking that you are praying to this almighty judge that's like out ready to send a bolt of lightning down upon you. You are not praying to some glorified therapist or some cosmic counselor. You are praying to the God of heaven who created you and says, I want you to be mine. So much so that he sent his son to be sacrificed for you. You don't need to bring anything to the table. All that he's asking of you is enable to call yourself a son or a daughter and to claim this inheritance is to say, I believe who you say you are. And when you died on the cross, where you can affectionately call him father. And for some people in this room, when you put the words affection and father together, they might not actually compute for you. But this is where we want to emphasize that we are talking about a father in heaven. A father who is for you, who is behind you, who waits every moment to be in connection with you. That wants for your good, longs for your good. Imagine if when we left here today, you started praying with an understanding that when you said, our father in heaven, you went, hey, dad. I know you're seeing what's going on. 
and maybe I don't know what to say. What if you started to put that into your everyday prayers with Jesus, his son who died for you? What if us as a church of Refresh, what if all of us collectively went, okay, we understand this statement now. No longer are we just going to go, okay, dear God, our Father in heaven, we're going to go, whoa, hey, Father, the one I belong to, the one who sacrificed his son for me, it puts a whole new way of dealing, understanding, saying and repeating the phrase, our Father. What if we walked out of here today being confident, knowing that when I speak to him, I'm his little girl, I'm his little boy, and he's proud of me, and he wants to be a part of my everyday life. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely needed that today. Okay, uh, our next song, if everyone would like to stand up and praise with us, only if you want to, um, is How He Loves Us.
today that no one leaves this building without understanding that the opportunity to call you Abba, Father, God, Dad is available to them. That we walk out of here today knowing that we are secure, that we are loved. And in the moments when we can't even muster the words to pray, that we can just speak your name and understand and know that you are for us. God, journey with us this coming week. Open our eyes to where you are at work. Open our eyes to see who we can be salt and light for. And we look forward to hearing stories of how prayers have changed the hearts of us, our families, and the people around us. We love you, God, and we're so grateful. And we long to be with you in eternity. In your name, amen.